Thank you. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Hopefully doing well, ready to worship. I've got a couple of announcements to share with you. Here in a couple of weeks at District Assembly, our own youth pastor, Pastor Scott Green, is going to be ordained. Yeah, it's huge. We're very excited about that, and we are going to be having a lunch with him to celebrate after the ordination service uh, that Saturday morning or afternoon. Um, and we would love to have you all come and participate and eat lunch with us and celebrate with him for this accomplishment in the Church of the Nazarene. So we would love for you to be there. And if you didn't get the email this week from the e-blast, that's all right. But if you would like to be there and like to have lunch with us, please let uh, Miss Sarah Troxel know so that we uh, have enough food for everybody. Uh, the next thing that we have coming up, here in a couple of weeks, you may have noticed in your bulletin that we are advertising for a youth basketball camp. Instead of doing that, we're going to try something a little bit different. We're going to try a youth or kids open gym. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're going to invite the kids. If you've completed first grade this last year, and if you've completed the sixth grade, you're invited to come and uh, hang out with us for a couple hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, from 10 till noon, play basketball or dodgeball or whatever activity it is that we have out for the day. And that's going to start in two weeks on June 19th on a Tuesday. So we're inviting all the kids to come and hang out with us for an open gym and enjoy some time together uh, here at the church. So... Those are your announcements this morning. If you would, stand and greet those around you and prepare for worship this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Are you here? Are you present? That's good. Two, three, two. 
today we make a choice that when the darkness closes in and when the fear and the doubts when they come very strongly we're going to recognize that and we're just going to choose to speak into that and we're going to say that you are still in control that you are still on your throne, that you are still our Father in heaven. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. We don't understand why our Father in heaven gives and takes away. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. 
still we say, blessed, true, powerful are you, God. You give and take away. You give and take away. I'm going to choose. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. My heart will choose. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be again. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name. Amen. This next, next song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, have you ever heard it? If you're under 60, you may have never heard it. But we do, do, we do this song a lot. There's a line in this song that says this. This is kind of the old English. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Huh? Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Does anyone know what a fetter is? It's not like a southern way to say feather. What is a fetter? Anyone want to raise their hand and tell me? To bind something, to shackle something, to plant? Oh, clamp. I was going to say it's not a plant for sure. <laughs> but it's to bind, it's to shackle exactly right, Scott is under 30, and he knew that. We're not sure how. He's about to be ordained. He's about to be ordained, though. That's why. Let thy goodness, like a shackle, bind my wandering heart to you, God. You see it? Let your goodness, let your mercy, let your grace bind me and keep me as I wander from God. Keep that in mind. Good song. It's a good shackle. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy You know the song? Streams of mercy Never see Never see Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious song. Sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain. Fix upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love. 
was lost. I was lost in utter darkness till you came and rescued me. I was Father, will you shackle us with your goodness? Here's my heart, Lord. Take and here we go. Seal it for thy courts above. Oh, come now, found, come now, deep. Come now, precious prince of peace. Be your bride. Hear us, hear your bride to you we Come now, fount of our blessing. Amen. You may be seated. Today's Jesus Calling. Jesus Calling's a little devotional book. Uh oh, that's small print. Oh, that's better. June 3rd is today. This is from God's perspective to us not God's word, but it's just helpful. I want to be central in your entire be being. 
when your focus is firmly on me, my peace displaces fears and worries. They will encircle you seeking entrance, so you must stay alert. Let trust and thankfulness stand guard, turning back fear before it can gain a foothold. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Are you displaced with fear or worry today? Are you anxious? You know what exactly is causing you anxiety? You know exactly where your fear is today? Will you let it go right now? Will you ask God to give you peace? Will you fight fear and worry away? Second Thessalonians says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love from God drives out your fears. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. All to Jesus I surrender all. To Him I freely give.
What is that one thing this morning that God has already pinpointed? I want you to let go of that. That fear, that doubt, the thing you're trying to control. What's that thing that he has already made clear to you this morning? I want to encourage you right now to release that to him. Will you talk to him? Will you tell him that you want to give that over to him? You want to surrender that? Talk to him. Father, will you replace our fears with peace? Will you remind us throughout the day and throughout the week that you are God, that we are not, and that perfect love casts out fear? Good news. Third verse. Holy thine, all to Jesus I surrender me, may Savior holy thine. What a beautiful name. 
we do declare today that in your name is freedom in life in the name of Jesus and in the person of Jesus is peace and Father we want to learn to run to you we want to learn to depend on you in the good and the bad we want to learn to seek you when maybe we can't hear you. Reminded that your name, your person, your power, your death, your resurrection is powerful. Your goodness is powerful. thank you that we have you. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and Thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me.
we honor you today. We honor you with our with our mouths, with our lips, with our words. We do so as well with our whole selves. We surrender all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We bless your name today, whether it, the, the sun is shining and life is as it should be, or if we're on the road marked with suffering, whichever reality is ours in this moment, on this day, we choose to bless your name to praise and honor you, to give you your worth. You are God. We are not. Our journeys belong to you. Our, our realities are in your hands. We entrust our whole selves, all of our cares, all of our burdens, all of our concerns, our fears, our anxieties, all of the great stuff, all, all of the blessings, the rewards, the it's all in your hands. And we honor you today. You know our needs. You know the needs that are represented in this room. And we bring our needs to you now, entrusting them to your good and your pleasing and perfect will. Whether it's health concerns, relational problems, job issues, whatever it might be, we lay them at your feet and we find a resting place today simply trusting, simply believing, coming to a real resting place of knowing that you've got this. You've got this. And we intercede now for those that need prayer. as we committed to doing last week. We pray for Liban Haji Mohammed, a man none of us know and will probably never meet on this side of eternity. But has chosen a life of terrorism and is somewhere in hiding and we committed to praying for him 
And so we just lift this man up to you, whatever his reality is, whatever his journey is right now in this moment, we pray that you break through his scheming. If he is plotting, planning evil, whatever it is that he may be doing right now in this moment, intersect that, break through those plans, demolish them at the foot of your cross. May he see you working against him now and come to a realization that you are the light, that you are the way and the truth and the life, and that none can come to the Father except through you, Jesus. Somehow shine your light in the midst of his darkness and break through that hate and that anger and all the delusions and lies that are interwoven inside of his reality. For you are greater than the schemes of our enemy. And they are broken at the foot of your cross. And we just say hallelujah to that truth today. We are your people. We are called by your name. We humble ourselves before you today. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. And we choose to park ourselves at your feet, opening up our hearts and our minds to the truth of your good and pleasing and perfect will. And it's in Jesus' mighty, mighty name we all prayed and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. As you're doing so, I want to invite our ushers to join us up front as we prepare to bring our, our tithes and our offerings. Jesus, you are our provider. We honor you. We praise you for the provision that has come. And we praise you in advance for the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it. Bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church with it, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Third verse. Oh, to brave thou, great a daily I come strength to thee. Let thy goodness, like a feather, find my walk. Bye. 
to our reading today, let me just, uh, for anyone that wasn't here last Sunday, explain that prayer for Liban Haji Muhammad. We talked about the importance last week of praying for those who persecute us, having a love for our enemies that, that, that is divine. It certainly would go beyond our humanness, our human nature. And so uh, we as a church have committed to praying for this young man. And it, it comes out of um, a presentation a little over a month ago where Yolandi Corky was sitting here who had endured a year of captivity from Al-Qaeda and her husband never came out of that captivity, was killed by Al-Qaeda. And after she was done with her presentation about talking to us about forgiveness, she, she pulled me aside before walking out the doors and she said, Pastor Brian, I just have one request. Would you consider beginning to intercede on behalf of a particular terrorist, whichever one the Lord brings to mind. And I, I agreed to do that. And so we've just started this. And I, I, I'm asking if you would write his name down. We don't know anything about him, really. That's okay. What we do know is that we can intercede on behalf of his situation, on behalf of his circumstances, not knowing what he's plotting, what he's scheming, where he's living, what he's doing, what he's thinking about doing. But the God of all the universe can come and intersect his reality and bring light where there's nothing but darkness. And I'm not suggesting to us that his life is going to be changed in a month. We, we, and maybe, like I said, on this side of eternity, we'll have no idea what will become of him. But we'll just follow the Holy Spirit on this. And, and I realize as I presented this last week, there were some that just, they were pushing back against this idea. You know, it was hard. Um, it, in no way, shape, or form do I mean to uh, demean the suffering of the, at those that suffer at the hands of these terrorists. I don't belittle that or demean that whatsoever, but we are empowered by the Almighty to intercede for and to pray for those that are scheming against the world, scheming against Christians, against Jews, against those that, that believe in the one true God. And so let's just do that. And I would encourage you to, to take this seriously through, in your prayer times through the week. Thank you for that. I want to invite us to Exodus chapter 19. Book of Exodus chapter 19. We'll start our reading at at verse 16, but let's catch up to the story here. Abraham gave, had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, including Joseph. Joseph was sent into captivity. He ends up in Egypt because of some dreams, 
scenarios that happen, Joseph rises into second in command over all of Egypt and brings his family, his now growing quite large family with his 11 brothers and dad, and they, and they all come into the area of Egypt known as Goshen, and that's where they plant themselves and they just begin to expand to huge numbers, well over a million. In the meantime, the Pharaoh that had favor, uh, showed favor towards Joseph and his family, he dies off, the next Pharaoh comes into place, and instead of knowing the story and embracing the story of Israel, he becomes very fearful of these Hebrews because of their sheer numbers. And so he enslaves Israel. And for 400 years, that's all they know is captivity. And what we need to realize then is that whoever's alive, and, and when we get into this reading, whoever is involved in, at this point in the story, all they've known is Egyptian captivity. All they've, all they've really known is the reality or the ways of, of Egypt, the, the polytheistic ways of Egypt, meaning Egypt had many, many, many gods, a god for almost every different thing that you could think of. That was what they were used to. Moses shows up on the scene, and you know the story of all the plagues that, that take place, and finally Pharaoh says, fine, just get out of here, and and he lets Israel go, and, and they, this million-plus nation walks out of Egypt. They walk across the desert, across the Red Sea, and they find themselves at the foot of this mountain, Mount Sinai. And God is bringing instruction to them. And so we pick up the reading now. Chapter 19, verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Every one in the camp trembled. Now, this is not the first of signs and wonders. This is what they've been experiencing now for months. They, they, they watched all these amazing signs and wonders, these plagues come upon Egypt. Then they watched day Day, during the daytime, as they're walking across the desert, they, 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 they're following a cloud by day. And at night, there's this pillar of fire in the sky. This is not the first sign and wonder that they're starting to experience, but, but this has extra awesomeness and power to it. And they're, they're trembling at what they're seeing and hearing. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up. And the Lord said to him, now go down and warn the people so that they do not force their way through to see the Lord, for many of them will perish if they do so. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves, or their Lord will break out against them. But Moses responded, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai because you yourself warned us. You told us 
to put limits around the mountain or, or boundary markers around the mountain and set it apart as holy. And the Lord replied, go down then and bring Aaron up with you. But the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord or he will break out against them. And so Moses went down to the people and told them. And then with a voice that everyone could hear, God spoke these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, earn your living. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and the smoke, they trembled with fear. And they stayed at a distance and said to Moses, you speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. They've witnessed all these amazing things. They've been following the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. The Lord brings them to this mountain. He, they've even seen this amazing thing where this desert land, Moses struck a rock and the water came out and everybody's been getting their fill of, of water. All these things they have witnessed with their own eyes and now they watch God descend upon this mountain in fire and thunder and lightning with, with smoke billowing up, this, this amazing scene and and then this trumpet blast begins, and it's getting louder and louder and louder, and they hear the voice of God coming from this amazing display. And he hands down to them a list of rules to live by. 
here's the covenant that you are to stop operate that you are to start operating inside of the first thing he tells them though is really interesting he distinguishes himself from all other gods that they think about remember this entire group of people all they've known is egyptian slavery all they've known is what they've been what they've observed and what they've been told by egyptians all these kinds of different gods that that egyptians prayed to or offered sacrifices to and god simply says to them i am the lord your god i am the one who brought you out of egypt everything that you have witnessed everything that you have experienced all these signs and wonders are not multiple gods or there's not uh, when i gave you water it was me when 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 the when the water in the nile turned to blood that was me when the angel of the Lord came and struck down the firstborn of all those in Egypt and you were spared, that was me. I want you to know that that was me all along. I, was, I did all of that stuff and I am doing this now. It is me speaking to you. I am the Lord your God. I, I am one. And there are no other gods beside me. You are to, you are to not worship other gods. In fact, don't even bother making any graven images to try to worship me. Don't think of me like animals in the air or on the land or in the sea. Don't try to put a face to me. Don't try to do anything like that. Just simply understand that I am God. In fact, they, as they, they go along in, 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 in their journey with God, they, they come to an understanding that he, that he is spirit. In fact, Jesus explains that to us. God is spirit. Our job is to worship him in spirit and in truth. John, Gospel of John tells us that. I am the Lord your God, I am one. There are no other gods beside me. In fact, don't even file any other gods behind me. Just worship me and me alone. Don't try to carve out any graven images to connect with me, to worship me. Just understand you're worshiping me in spirit and in truth. And in regards to worshiping me, honor a day set aside for me. Honor the Sabbath. Keep it holy. And our day and age we have to be very careful with this one. For we have a tendency to just work and work and work and work and work and work and work. So I would implore you, I would encourage you, church, keep it to six days. Let the seventh day for you be a day of rest, a day of worship. Careful with my name, he says. 
Be careful with my name. Don't misuse it. Don't use it lightly. Because it is holy. And I'm trying to help you understand the distinction between how holy I am and how broken you are. So much so that, remember the picture. He had them set up boundaries around the mountain, limits, these boundary markers. They, they were basically just piles of rock, but they were, they were a certain distance away from the mountain. And so n- no person, not even their animals, not even their pets, not even their livestock were allowed to cross that into that boundary. Not even the priests that were functioning were allowed to do that. And only Moses was allowed to do that when he was invited by God himself. And, and, and because God was, was trying to help them understand his profound holiness. And God understood the, these people were, were filled with sin. And his holiness is so real that if they were to, if they were to break through those barriers, he was going to break out against them. So he's just offering warning. By the time we read this, this today, this was a reminder. He had already given that instruction. He was reminding them again, encouraging them, ur- urging them, do not come across these boundaries. So as he's giving this law, these commandments, these rules, My name is holy. Respect it. Revere it. Don't misuse it. Be careful with it. Don't lift it up without purpose. Without real purpose. Jesus was asked, we've talked about this a number of times, Matthew chapter 22, the Pharisees, teachers of the law, they were, they were trying to trick Jesus, they were trying to trap him, and this one expert in the law comes up to Jesus and he says, hey Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Just, just trying to get Jesus to commit to something so that they could use that against him somehow, some way, and Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Like a a set of scales counterbalancing one another. Everything about the law and the prophets hang on these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Our reality should be centered on and flowing out of love. Love for God and love for one another. And they have equal weight to them. I am the Lord your God, I am one. There are no other gods besides me. Do not misuse my name. 
honor a day a week, honor the Sabbath, keep it holy. As we learned on Mother's Day, the Jews even hung over here on this side of the law. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord has given you. Understanding that there is an authority structure that, that God himself has put in place. That as we honor our parents, we are, we are honoring God. Regardless of whether or not our parents are honorable in their actions, we honor them because we do so as we are doing unto him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So don't murder them. Don't cheat on your spouse. Don't lie about them or bear false witness against them. Be truthful with your words about your neighbors. Don't covet their stuff. If the Lord is blessing them, bless them. Be glad for them. Don't covet. See, when you, when you function inside of these things, you, you're showing love to your neighbors, to those that are around you. These are, these are simple instructions, basic instructions. But they have a profound um, effect upon how we live life if we abide by them. Now I realize that there's a tension, okay? Attention that we talk about a lot. For it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast, right? That's what Ephesians tells us. We, we understand that that is the truth, that, that that is how we come to salvation. Romans chapter 1 tells us it, that, that we, we come to this by faith, not by works. And so... There are some inside of the realm of the church that run, run with grace to such an extreme that they abandon rules, that they throw out the rules, that they think the rules are no, no longer part of the equation. We move beyond that. That's the old covenant. We're in the new covenant, and it's all about grace. But I implore us, church, to understand that we still have parameters, that we still have basic guidelines. There was an elementary school, apparently, that, that had decided to take down the fence of, the play, of their playground because they felt like the, the fence was too oppressive to the children. 
They take, the, they take down the fence so that the children feel more free when they're out on the playground. Here's what they observed, apparently. The children were afraid to go to the, to the, the boundaries where, where the fence had been. And so they stopped playing out there. And they started playing way closer to the building because they no longer felt safe. You see, the, the administrators had the whole wrong idea. What they thought was, was being oppressive was actually making the children feel safe. Perhaps it's okay for us to take on this, this viewpoint. When it comes to the parameters that God has put into place, we haven't chucked the Ten Commandments out. We haven't outgrown the Ten Commandments. Grace has not replaced the Ten Commandments. What grace has done is allowed us to come into relationship with God. But the thing that maintains our relationship with God is the parameters that he's put in place. We are still to be a people that are set apart. We're, we are to be a people that, are, that, are, that should be different. We should look different. The world outside of us, the world outside of our parameters, our, our fence line, if you want to call it that, are looking in and they're wondering what's so distinctive about us? What is it about the church that makes me want to jump over the fence and be a part of that? And if we have no distinctions, no differences between us on this side of that fence line and them, why in the world would they bother jumping the fence in the first place? Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything offered us in the Old Testament, law and the prophets, hangs on these two things. Let me close with this. James chapter 1 says this. Do not merely listen to the word. This is James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And isn't that what we want for our lives? We want to be blessed. We want to be blessed. We want to be blessed by God. We want to know him better. We want to know him more. We want his light to be in us. And shining through us, yes. I, I, I hear, I, I had, was a lady that came in uh, Friday morning just saying, I want to know God better. 
and we spend an hour together talking about how, how that can happen. I, I know that's our heart's desire. You wouldn't be sitting here this morning if that concept didn't matter to you. Of course you want to be blessed by him. Let's not be the people that look at ourselves in the mirror and walk away forgetting what we look like. Instead, let's, let's dig and know and glean and take it on and, and allow the parameters that God has put in place for us to be our reality. Not pushing against them, but feeling the protection and the safety that they provide for us. For he is holy. And he is love. And he's pouring out his love into us. And he longs for his love to be poured out through us. Jesus. Balancing the scales of love, the scales that you implemented, that you put into place. It's our reality. It should be our reality. It's supposed to be our reality. If we have said yes to you as our Savior, if we have accepted you, Jesus, as our Savior, we, we have jumped the fence And then as we live inside of this fence, there's a tendency for us to begin to look at that fence and get frustrated with it and push against it. And, 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 and we use grace as, as a reason to try to knock the fence down. But today you have reminded us that that is something you implemented. It's what you gave. And you haven't overthrown it. Instead, you fulfilled it. As we looked at last week, Jesus, you, you are our gate. So you haven't, you haven't demolished this fence. The fence is still functioning if you are our gate. It's still there. So we... <clears throat> Thank you for the healthy parameters that you have put in place for us so that we can live life the way you've created us to live it. As John tells us in, in 1 John, we, we walk in the light as you are in the light so that we can have fellowship with one another and forgiveness of sins will be our reality that that just sums it up. So we take on the challenge of maintaining, balancing the scales of loving you, our God, and loving one another. Accomplish these things in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me?
I want to say a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you. Be gracious to you. May he fill you with his peace. May you enjoy the protection of his parameters this week. I, I do hope it's an amazing one for you. See you next Sunday.